to one of our most important episodes, our uh, EFL season review, where we'll try and be as comprehensive as possible and uh, give you our review of the teams of the, to, 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 you know, the as greatest detail as we can in the time that we have. So uh, starting right at the top of the pyramid um, with Norwich and Watford. Yeah, it, it's um, both of these sides fundamentally have done their job uh, regarding the season brief um, in, in first attempts. Um, it's been a far more, um, I, I think promising is the right word for Norwich uh, this season, to be honest. Um, you know, the key difference, you know, uh, both in eighteen nineteen and this season, you know, they've both both times they've romped the title under Daniel Farker, one at a canter really, at least from uh, January onwards in both seasons. Um, you know, getting uh, plus 95 points in both, which is an absolutely remarkable achievement. Um, yet uh, this time round, it's much, you know, as I say, much more promised because not only is, you know, any achievement more impressive this season due to the fixture schedule, but Norwich's defence has improved immeasurably um, since the 18-19 campaign. Um, obviously, Ben Gibson's knock towards the end of the season, you know, slightly disrupted that, that centre-back pairing of Gibson and Hanley, which had been so uh, brilliant for them uh, throughout the entirety of the season. Um, but, uh, you know, Onam Abedele, since he's come in, has been, you know, uh, very impressive and, you know, is, is definitely one for the future there and I'm sure will be one of their rotation centre-backs for the Premier next season. And, you know, despite Gibson's knock, it looks like they're going to get him permanently, uh, which is definitely the right decision. And um, yeah, any 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 anyone fooling themselves into thinking that it's going to be another you know eighteen point season or whatever it was for Norwich in the Premier League. Um, actually, I think it was above twenty points. Um, you know, Norwich are going to have another you know pitiful season in the Premier League season. Need to um, uh, recalibrate uh, those expectations um, because I mean, not only are they you know far superior than the other two sides that are going to come up in the championship with them, but you know, given some of the dross that's at the bottom of the Premier League at the minute, um, it shouldn't be too difficult a task. Um, and then as for Watford again, yeah, job done. Um, they, they they you know started to they had a really impressive patch in March um, and, and late February where you know they even looked like they could perhaps you know uh, steal away the title from Norwich. Um, and you know that was they, they they hit that form at a crucial point in the season really. Um, they they timed it well to coincide with um, the uh, dip in form for Brentford and Swansea, and so they really stretched away. And I mean you know the standout stat is you know sixteen goals conceded from open play the season. You know as dull or maybe dull's the wrong word, but um, uh, you know you, you know they're they're not an outstanding side in the literal sense of the word. No, they're not exciting uh, to watch. I would say. Yeah, yeah, um, but um, uh, yeah, no, that's that's an out, that's an outstanding defensive stat uh, in 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 any respect. Well, I think you know a, a mid-season managerial change has paid dividends, which is you know not always off, which not always the case. Um, they seem to be dropping away, but then Munoz came in, and you know they solidified. Um, to their strengths and here we are so I mean yeah I think these two teams they have no done no other emotion other than to be satisfied and uh, I think we know why we, we know that squads are good we know that they can get the best out of their teams and that's what they deserved um, moving on to the playoff teams um, 
Brentford, of course, uh, Brentford and Swansea, um, you know, we can look at them as a pair because they both hope very, very much in the automatic race, but uh, um, kind of uh, tailed off at one point in the season. Yeah, um, it's it, it's uh, again, it's you know that, that that typical thing of you know the timing of things really affects things during the season um, because you know Brentford have only finished you know just just a few points outside the automatic race even though it looked like it was you know been done really uh, in March. Um, uh, you know Brentford will be disappointed, but they hit that bad patch of form in February, um, which cost them the automatic spot really. Um, but no, no, they look very well prepared for the playoffs. They've got their momentum back for it um, after a few tactical changes and you know some of their performance in the latter end of the season. Most most notably, they won their win away at Bournemouth, which I mean you know uh, that's an interesting dress rehearsal for the playoff semi, which we'll go on to talk about. Um, but you know their five 0 win at Preston, two 0 home win to Watford. Um, uh, they're they're playing like the Brentford we know again, or at least you know the best Brentford of this season that we know again. Um, Swansea, um, they've they've had, I I think they've had a very good season. Season uh, Cooper's overachieved getting them into the playoffs. You know the fact that they were in the automatic race for so long as an achievement in itself, and even though they've been pretty abject. Um, in March and April, you know, the fact that, you know, they can put the 46 games of the season behind them now and it's, you know, three games um, until the Premier League. Um, and, you know, given that, you know, when they're at the best, they're such a solid side, um, they're going to cause cause difficulties for anyone in that uh, in, in the playoffs. Um, I'm quite pleased that uh, Barnsley and Swansea play each other in the semi, which means that one of Barnsley or Swansea will be in the playoff final, um, which will be really nice uh, to see. Um, uh, a quote-unquote outsider uh, in, in in the playoff race. Um, you know, and we can now be very satisfied that Barnsley finishing in fifth, like my pre-season prediction uh, uh, came to fruition. I'm, 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 I'm quite delighted with that call. Um, but yeah, no, Barnsley, um, uh, to talk about the other self teams, Barnsley, like, <sighs> their goals from open pay have dried up. That shouldn't be too much of a worry because, I mean, look, it's only three games till the Premier League now, as I say. Um, but, you know, in the long term, that may be a bit more of a worry. But, I mean, you definitely bat Barnsley, you know, with a one-off game plan or two-off game plan, if that makes sense, you know, get the better. Yeah. And then, as for Bournemouth, um, it's just they, they've got the best quality in the playoffs. And if they play to their best, they will win. Um, but, you know, it's, it's you know, the difficulty with that is, you know, Woodgate's tactical acumen. Uh, amongst you know the, perhaps you know the mentality of the Bournemouth players as well, and you know they're going to come up against a much more tactically astute side in Brentford. Um, so so it's just if you know Brentford execute the right tactical plan, or if you know Arnold Dundee has a bad day, <laughs> essentially as to whether you know which one of them will get to Wembley. Yeah, yeah, uh, some very interesting insights there, Alf, especially about um, Brentford's uh, goals from open play drying up. And um, yeah, and it's a very interesting account because Swansea fans would be unhappy that um, they held off as they did. It was fairly abject at one point. Yeah, no, I think um, once that run of form kicked in, you know, the the the, the consensus was just, just cling on to the playoffs now. Yeah, um, yeah, and once... which they managed to do, even yeah. though their, their season, their form um, going to the end of the season was actually, I would say, uh, not that great. I'd say no. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, there was that period in about March 
where Bournemouth had, you know, finally started to get that string of wins together, where it was obvious that one of um, Barnsley, Bournemouth, Swansea or Reading would drop out of the playoffs. Um, and, you know, I think Swansea rightfully gambled on, you know, Reading finally tailing off in form, um, which, you know, the underlying data suggested and which eventually happened. Um, and, yeah, they deserve their playoff spot over Reading, I would say, over the course of the season. Um, and, uh, yeah, look, it they, they, they're, they're a side who suit, you know, playoffs. Um, they were, Brentford's quality came through in the second leg of the playoff last season. Um, but they frustrated them a lot at the Liberty uh, in that in that first semi-final. And, you know, Swansea have, despite, as, as we've discussed, you know, their poor turn in form, they've improved immeasurably since last season. And, you know, they've got those individuals in, in the squad who, you know, know how the playoffs work. Conor Horahan is going to be massive for them in this playoffs campaign. Obviously, was so influential for Villa um, in, in both of their playoff campaigns in the Championship in, in 2018 and 2019. Uh, obviously, 2019, most most memorably, with his absolute rocket uh, home to West Brom in that first leg of the semi-final. Um, and, and, yeah, it, it, it's going to be really, really interesting to watch. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure about you, Aki, but if, you know, if somebody put a gun to my head now, I'd say uh, Bournemouth against Barnsley. Um, just, I'm, I'm just, I just have a feeling that Bournemouth will turn it on for the playoff semi-final, and that is going to be too much for Brentford. Well, I mean, um, Bournemouth do have um, good attacking quality. I would say if, if they yeah. exploit um, the likes of Solanke and whatnot to uh, finish the chances, which we know they can and catch him. Unlike you know previous iterations of the playoffs, it's it's slightly difficult to know in the Bournemouth Brentford semi you know, which side is under more pressure? Um, because Brentford obviously same close, came so close last season and that may make promotion this season more urgent. Yet, at the same time, you know, Bournemouth don't want, don't want their second season in the Championship at all. You know, Bournemouth are not um, Aston Villa or even Brighton, um, you know, where there's good, you know, um, uh, there's good long-term sustainable infrastructure around the club there you know Bournemouth are aside to you know uh what won the lot well I don't want to say won the lottery but you know they, they are in no shape or form a Premier League side really. yeah with infrastructure off the pitch um you know long-term stability fan base um you know it's not like Brighton where you know they've got Brighton have that academy the stadium the training ground all there for that long-term success you know Bournemouth need to get if they you know want to keep the current levels of profitability um going they need to get back to the Premier League as quickly as possible more desperately than others yeah well I mean look you, you can say only one about their facilities Alf, but on the pitch they have that quality and um... yeah exactly um, and, uh, uh, and yeah, um, just a quick word on how Barnsley have defied expectations, Alf, because I know they didn't defy yeah. your, your expectations, but um, I don't think many would have had them in the playoffs. No, um, but that would have just been laziness, to be honest. Um, you know, when the thing, how do I explain this? Um, when a side whose style of play is like Barnsley's, when the recruitment, especially the managerial recruitment, is so perfect and the tactical acumen is so strong and there's that continual development of playing in one philosophy, 
you know, results are going to be linear, uh, you know, results are going to be more and more positive in a pretty much a linear manner. Um, you know, it's going to be continued improvement with, without a dip ever. And even when, you know, Gerhard Schruber, you know, it, it was, you know, we were all baffled as to Bonzi's slow start to the season, given how strong they were and Gerhard Schruber in the post-COVID um, you know that that the uh, you know June July end to the championship season in 2019-20 it was puzzling, but you know after they got him in and you know Valerio Nishmal came in who had obviously done such a good job at Last Linz in Austria, um, in that you know similar vein of form you know the, the recipe was all there, um, and so um, yeah it's 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 been very impressive what they've done, um, their recruitment is spotless, they've turned players who looked like. I, who I think under a different manager or even in a different style of play would be, you know, bottom six championship players into top six championship players. You know, Alex Mauer, Carlton Palmer. No, not Carlton Palmer. Uh, Alex Palmer. Uh, excuse me. Um, uh, you know, a, a, a two of them. Um, Corley Woodrow, you know, who looked like a bit of a write-off really for a while, um, has, you know, exploded back into form again this season. And then, you know, their additions have been just outstanding. You know, uh, Michon Helic is definitely deserving of a player of the season in my eyes. You know, he's going to be starting for Poland at the Euros, to be honest. Um, Daryl DK up front, who's since come in since January, has been an absolute handful. Um, he's, you know, takes his finishes so well. Um, and, and yeah, they've got, they've got all the recipe. They've got, they've got it all for the playoffs. And if they manage, if they've managed, you know, this level of intensity in games up until now with a ridiculously crammed fixture schedule, and that level of, you know, tactical um, sophistication, then, you know, surely logic says, you know, with a week and a half rest under their belt, which they're going to have before this playoff semi against Swansea, you know, that will just only, you know, uh, accept Yeah. Um, I, I think so. And, yeah, um I, I think Barnsley are run by a consortium with a lot of experience. They have interest in clubs um, across the world. Um, so they know what they're doing. And um, I think that shows. And, uh, you know, Barnsley haven't spent extravagantly, but at the same time, they haven't... Um, they've spent prudently, but, you know, they have spent just just about enough. And um, their managerial uh, recruitment is fantastic. And... Uh, it's it's been a plan which is very methodically materialised because they got up from League One, they just about stayed up, and are now kind of realising their own potential. And um, yeah, so uh, let's have a look at the teams who um, just got out very closely, well, who were in the playoff mix but um, tailed off. So I wonder what Reading, yeah. Reading, Cardiff, and Middlesbrough. Yeah, um, these are all sides who had um, well, uh, Cardiff and Middlesbrough starting with them. They were sides who had, you know, short periods where they looked like they could sneak into sixth. Um, especially Cardiff under that, you know, ridiculous win of wins that they had under Mick McCarthy. I can't remember how many it was. I think it was six or seven in a row. Um, and both of them, you know, suffered from um, a lack of when the direct style of play isn't working. How do we score goals? And... You know, I, I have more faith in Cardiff over Middlesbrough for next season, not only because they have the better squad quality than Middlesbrough, um, but also, you know, 
if all else if all else fails going forward, you know the defense probably won't let you down. I'm not gonna lie. I think Middlesbrough's defense has let them down on a few occasions this season. Um, there's a reason why Bettinelli was benched in the final few games of the season for Jordan Archer. Um, Bettinelli did tail off a lot in in February and March. Um, obviously, Paddy Ma- Paddy McNair and Dale Fry are absolutely outstanding for this level. Um, Mark Bollers had a really improved season as well. Um, but, you know, there are still, you know, one or two positions in the defence, which, you know, there are question marks over, you know, Spencer right back, for example. Um, uh, you know, uh, Johnny Halson when he, you know, plays in defence. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's difficult to see why Middlesbrough will improve next season on this season, um, even though Warnock is staying. Um, but if Cardiff aren't in the playoffs at least next season, I'd be I'd be shocked to be honest with you because Kiefer Moore's development, especially, I mean, I think Kiefer Moore's developed into probably once you know Timu Puki gets promoted. Yeah, no, he's he's developed into you know the an absolutely standout striker in the championship this season, one of the best once, uh, or if not the best once, you know Timu Puki and Ivan Tony get promoted or get to the Premier League. Um, and you know, it, but it's extremely half Wales at the Euros. But as for Reading, um, I think Veliko Panovic has done an outstanding job there. Um, you know, he punched above their weight both with the underlying data and with you know squad quality. Yes, there are you know some outstanding individual players in the squad. Tom McIntyre has come on leaps and bounds this season. You know, he's doing his place in the Scotland squad for the Euros wonders. Um, you know, Josh Laurent has been outstanding. You know, Richard's got his move for, but to Bayern Munich for a reason. Um, Ovia Jaria and Michael Lindsay, you know, two of the, you know, silkiest number 10s in the league. Um, you know, absolutely brilliant. And then, you know, when Lucas Schwarm is fit and firing, he's, you know, very, very, very good indeed. Um, you know, his goal away at Huddersfield, I think it was this season, was absolutely ridiculous. Um, the way, you know, turn the defender, you know, out-muscled him and sorted it in. Um if they can keep that core for next season, I I, I think um, I think they'll you know finish in a similar position. Um, but they are you know already starting to lose one or two key individuals. Um, obviously, loads of clubs are sniffing around the lease. Richards is going to Bayern Munich. I'd be surprised if Josh Lawrence doesn't move on. Raphael, uh, the goalkeeper, is probably going to move on as well. Um, I, Luke Southwood's a very promising young English goalkeeper, but you know whether he can step up to the no, number one spot right now is up in the air. Um, uh, but, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll just have to see on that. Um, but but no, yeah, Reading, you know, yes, obviously, you know, um, they'll be disappointed that they were in the playoffs for so long and managed just you know fell short at the end. But at the same time, you know, seventh's a very very uh, impressive finish for Reading, and you know, I'm sure. Uh, that if you offered it to them at the start of the season, they'd have been very happy with that indeed. Um, yeah, um, so they would be. Um, Cardiff also, given the and the Neil Harris, they were pretty, um, pretty. They were almost in the danger zone. And, yeah. Uh, with Middlesbrough, you say um, you, you feel for them. Um, depends on I think how much Ben. Because, you know, Ben Gibson is a fairly liberal spender, as far as um, owners are concerned. Well, yeah. Steve Gibson, sorry, not Ben Gibson. <laughs> um, as far as owners are concerned in the championship, but um, I really do hope he backs Warnock because Warnock was also. But you're right. Um, they are slightly cash strapped, and um, there is a significant improvement needed there. But um, it, it's difficult though because uh, to turn into a promotion side or a playoff chasing side, I'm not quite sure what Middlesbrough need. Um, because well, you know. Not- 
us look, we know their style of play. How do you get the most out of um, uh, um, you know, how do you get the most out of this way of playing where um, it's, it's you know, it's yeah. about sitting back and hitting on the counter attack. Well, it's it's difficult because I think the argument they make is that they don't have a proper out and out Warnock style target man. You know, Brett Sombolonga and Ashley Fletcher or even Nash Cantabano when he plays up front could do an all right job, but they're not, you know, they're, they're not that exact mould. Um, they have been strongly linked with Famara Jidji at um, Bristol City, who um, is on his way out. It seems Pearson seems to relax him there. Um, I mean, we'll get onto big Bristol City chat in a bit. Um, but uh, yeah, no, um, I, I think, you know, that would be the key addition because um, they've got, you know, effective players from Wing and Duncan Watmore, uh, even Yannick Balassi now. Um, and, you know, their, mid- their starting midfield when they have the first choice midfield going in-house in Sutherland McNair is absolutely brilliant. Um, that, that has the potential to be one of the best midfields in the league. Um, there's so much um, there's so much running uh, in, the, in that midfield three um, that they, they're going to be a real handful. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they kick on next season and yeah. if... You know, they managed to keep hold on to McNair and Fry, especially. Yeah. Um, moving on. Um, QPR, of course, was, supply- was a surprising ninth place finish. Um, a mm. good season overall from them. Um, yeah. Um, normally, when you see a side who, you know, their form changes as drastically as QPR's had in the second half of the season and they've improved so much. You know, you'd have an eye on them as, you know, hitting the playoffs or being in the playoff race next season, you know, but um, over over the whole 46 games. But, you know, I'm not sure that would be the case of QPR. You know, they're, they're a club that sells a lot. Um, obviously, there are rumours whether Mark Warburton will be leaving. Um, you know, yes, Rob Dickey's only been there for a season, but, you know, the Premier League Sharks are already swimming around him despite him signing a new contract. Uh, Seni Dieng has, you know, finally put their uh, goalkeeping woes to rest, um, it seems. And, um, you know, um, obviously Switzerland have a, have a, you know, large depth of goalkeepers, but, you know, he, he looks destined uh, for a higher division than the championship very soon. Um, Lyndon Dykes has finally, you know, found his shooting boots in the second half of the season, or more regular shooting boots, I should say. Um, and, you know, has really been an effective squad player. Ilias Chair has, you know, stepped up to Eberiese's uh, mantle um, more than enough. And, you know, um, if they manage to tie down Charlie Austin permanently, that's going to be a really sensible addition as well. Um, so there are just um, one too many balls up in the air at the minute for to, you know, um, work out how QPR will get on next season. But hopefully the one thing that will be certain is that unlike their last, Three or four seasons in the championship, really. You know, they will, they should be away from the relegation race for more or less the entire season. Yeah, um, which is good enough for them, I guess. And there are some encouraging signs, of course. Um, you know, their commitment to youth um, with the production of like Silver SAM chair um, is really paying dividends for them both financially and on the pitch, I guess. Um, yeah, for them to take their academy seriously. Um, also, moving on to sort of low, um, mid-table and lower mid-table, um, you know, these are all teams who you would say, I mean, Millwall and Luton, for them to be well clear of the relegation zone, um, the, the, that's, a, that's a good season, of course. Yes, yeah. And Preston are an intriguing team, a team who were in and around the playoffs last season. Who yeah, um, they've been outstanding. 
Uh, Neil's gone. Um, you know, they look over the last, you know, um, 10 or so games, they've looked like, you know, the best they have been under him. Um, I just, I, I do hope, I do hope, obviously, we're going to discuss the Derby saga in a bit, but you know, should Wickham get relegated, um, obviously, I, I still think they're going to get Ainsworth, um, on permanently, um. Despite obviously his allegiances to Blackburn, um, but I, I, regardless of that, yes, they've been outstanding over the last few games. But I do hope they don't just fall into the caretakers' trap. Um, I worry that if they were, you know, to do that, they they might, you know, shoot themselves in the put foot in six months' time when you know the, the short term trends go away. Um, and I do think they need an, an, a, a more long term option in place there. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I think their recruitment's been fine, really, even though, you know, um, fans have, you know, disagreed with that point of view. But, you know, I, there's definitely a, a playoff chasing squad in there. So they just need a manager to be able to sift through it, really, properly sift through it, you know. Work out what to do with Tom Bayless. Work out whether to start Jordan's story or not. Work out which one of, you know, their glut of strikers to axe, you know, all that kind of thing. Um, uh, that needs sorting out a precedent. I think Ainsworth would be the man to do that. Um, yeah. Um, well, I, I, this is a Preston, you mean, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I think so. Preston, one of those teams, um, you know, there's stability there and there's a lot of potential there. You feel like if they get their recruitment right, they could be sort of like Barnsley, if you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I think they have an outside chance of breaking yeah. playoffs. And it is fertile ground there. But another team, um, well, another two teams who have been quite underwhelming when you look at their stature, Stoke and Blackburn. Yeah, no, two underwhelming seasons for them. Um, with Stoke, the Tyrese Campbell industry, in, in, injury um, completely destroyed them. Um, and, you know, they've been nowhere near as clinical in the second half of the season, which, you know, O'Neill was depending on. Regardless of that, I've been disappointed that Stoke aren't meaner as a side. Um, I'd have I'd have expected and wanted that given, you know, the individuals in Stoke's squad and, you know, how Michael O'Neill built his Northern Ireland team. As for Blackburn, you know, it's just the same old problems of, you know, inconsistent form with a brilliant squad and, you know, all those, you know, patches of inconsistency getting all jumbled up. And then, you know, this season they've had more bad patches than good patches and it's led to them in the bottom half. You know, it's 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 very messy um, there. Um, it's, you know, the, the difficulty with that is that, you know, what happens if Mowbray goes? Do you get more of those good patches or more of those bad patches? Um, is is you know simple and basic as I've you know put that. Um, that is that is the fundamental question really, um, because I think it's the most underperforming squad in the league at the minute, especially the front three in Burton, Armstrong, Harvey Elliott on loan, who's you know been brilliant for them this season, but you know I doubt they're going to get hands their hands on him again next season. Yeah, um, yeah, the Tyrese Campbell injury would have a big impact, but um. Would you say Blackburn need to um, radically rehaul their squad? Because Harvey Elliott um, has made a big difference for them. No, they just need to adequately replace Harvey Elliott, bolster their midfield out a little bit, maybe more in defensive areas, you know, to give a different option to Lewis Travis. Um, 
and they've had a, they've they've been playing a very very young defence over these last few games. Howard Bellis obviously is a hotly rated young centre back. They might be able to get him on loan again next season. He's been all right, um, but I do think he needs an exper- more experienced individual next to him and somebody who's an improvement on Daryl Lenehan. Um, and then yeah, no, I think um, yeah, I think I think apart from that, they should be fine. Um, squad wise to be able to mount a playoff push, it's just you know, it. Uh, the key is just you know extrapolating those periods of good form enough and you know toughening up their mentality i guess to really nail down a spot in the playoff race for longer you know than a than a than a 10 20 game period yeah um so yeah that's blackbird and so accounted for um now we are in the bottom eight teams who have pretty much all been involved in the relegation battle to some degree um Coventry have finished a surprising 16th, finding some yeah. peace before the end of the season. They've they've um, been brilliant this final bit of the season, and obviously, yes, you know, staying up in the championship is still going to be their fundamental aim next season, their key end, and that's what they need to, you know, wrap up first, if that makes sense. But at the same time, I, I really do expect Coventry to kick on next season. You know, 55 points is their points haul with more or less the same squad that they had in League One. And, you know, an adoption of conservatism for a lot of the season. Um, whereas, you know, in these last few games, they've played with their shackles off like they did in League One last season. And, you know, they've taken the game to teams and, you know, they've, they've beaten teams comprehensively. How they didn't beat Huddersfield away, I have no idea. But they, you know, come through, beat Stoke away. Um, brilliant 6-1 win over Millwall on the final day, um, which, you know, yeah, it might have been a bit of final day of the season blues uh, for Millwall. But at the same time, there's a lot... Um, there's a lot of positives for commentary going into next season. Obviously, a difficulty whether uh, you know, you know, Leo Estegord and Tyler Walker have both been absolutely outstanding for them this season. So you know, it's it's that difficulty whether they can get them in permanently. But you know, Coventry's rep- recruitment overall is is pretty impressive. And um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be surprised, excuse me, if they you know missed uh, replacing them next season. Yeah. Yeah, Coventry, of course, surprisingly good season and season of good consolidation. Um, a word of Nottingham Forest, who um, kind of kind of stayed clear of the relegation zone, not too clear, but um, a bit clear, and they just kind of hovered around the same 17th, 18th place for most of the season. Yeah, um, I think the biggest disappointment with Forest, you know, because obviously the first half of the season is a bit of a distant memory now. I think the biggest disappointment for us this season would be, you know, we discussed this on Kickabout in, in March, where Forrest finally looked like, you know, they looked like a proper Hewton side, you know, and it looks promising for at least a top half finish next season. But in the final six, seven games, maybe it's because, I don't know, safety was completely wrapped up, but, you know, they've really tailed off on that and, you know, don't really seem to have any, you know, forward spark. And, you know, when, you know, any forward spark that they do have at the minute is so dependent on James Garner, who's, you know, a 19-year-old loanee from Man United, who no way is he, you know, going to Forest next season, or at least, you know, surely not. Surely a bigger fish is going to come in for him. Um, by the way, what a goal on the final day for him. Um, absolutely unreal strike. Um, yeah, it's just... And Glenn Murray's retired as well this season, so, you know, can Hewton finally get his right striker because it seems he doesn't really like the look of Lars Taylor or Lewis Graben. Um, and, and so, yeah, again, much like um, we discuss 
uh, with QPR. You know, there are, there are a bit too many moving parts at the minute to see what they'll be like next season and whether he can get his desired uh, additions. You know, they're not going to be in a relegation scrap next season. But at the same time, you know, when you get Hewton in as your manager, you expect a top six finish. And um, yeah, that that similarly is looking a bit unlikely at this stage. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, um, well, would you say so? But um, Nottingham Forest fans are, are optimistic because they think that they have a basis to build on now. They they do have a basis to build on, but um, you know, you 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 want to see a bit more promise in the final few games of the season. I think. I'm just saying, maybe it's just laziness, right? Um, and obviously, Forest are going to have a full preseason behind them to you know refresh and you know really be able to outbattle teams in games next season, or at least one would think. Uh, um, so that's a that's a point of solace for them. Um. Yeah, um, of course, Birmingham City, um, a genius mid-season managerial change, um, stayed them clear of relegation. Yeah, um, Boya, as we know, thrives in you know choppy waters, and he thrives at the start of seasons as well. So. Arguably the, the biggest benefit for Birmingham will be that they'll be away from the relegation race nice and early next season. And that will give them a more confident platform uh, to be able to, you know, mount a top half finish in the second half of the season. Um, obviously their CEO's resigned for that just a change in transfer transfer strategy or, you know, maybe as you suggested Aki in the DM to me, you know, maybe a more influential role from Boya in transfer dealings. Yeah. Uh, which, to be honest, I'd like to see. Um, he's experimented around with academy players and fringe players in, in these final few games, which hasn't gone well. So, you know, it's it's obviously, you know, the core 11 is going to be so key to them next season. Um, but yeah, with both the Helm, I trust that they'll, you know, at least for the first half of the season, be free of any relegation fears. Um, you know, the, the recruitment is just going to be so crucial for them. You know, they can't, they, they have to get more goal options than Lukas Jukovic. Um, it is not sustainable how reliant they are on him. If they don't solve that, they're going to still be in a relegation battle next season. Um, because, you know, even Lukas Jukovic will have periods where he isn't firing, um, you know. Uh, and, and so, yeah, that, that's another one of the key uh, problems facing Birmingham this summer. Um, indeed. Um some rare recruitment issues that they need to sort out. But um, I think managerially they're in a good place and I think Boya with the right team um, can help them consolidate at least. Um, moving on, of course, to a, a team who have had a very um, abject season, um, Bristol City. Uh, it's a far cry from the Lee Johnson days, Alf. Yeah. Um, common narrative is that uh, their XG check has finally caught up with them. Fair enough. Um, but the apathy with which so many of the individual players in the squad are performing... Well, this is the thing, Alf. Um, Nigel Pearson does not seem like a man in complete control, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Um, and Pearson is obviously frustrated or incredulous with the apathy with which the players are playing with at the minute. And I don't think... He, can quite you know grasp a group of players who you know don't who's where you know hard work just seems to be absent to them and you know nastiness um that obviously suggests a massive overhaul in the summer 
um, it's a massive project because obviously Bristol City is such a deep squad. And even with the, you know, the amount of dead rubbers Pearson has had to try and sift through the riffraff, um, he, he hasn't really been able to in that either. Obviously, he's given a lot of debuts to young players in recent weeks, Britain scoring on his debut, uh, Conway as well. You know, Anton Semenyu and Tyree Backinson have been two of the most featured players under the Pearson era at Bristol City. Um, but, but yeah, if they don't do that overhaul, then they're going to be stuck in a relegation battle next season. And, you know, relegation, in fact, maybe looks likely because um, Pearson and this squad of players aren't gelling. People may say that's an overreaction because he's only had te- uh, 12 or 13 games or how, however many it's been to be able to work with the squad. Um, but I mean, there's been absolutely no suggestion that they have any semblance of taking on Pearson's. Uh, managerial demand so far. Indeed. Um, so how do you think he's going to um, act upon this? Is he going to um, repl- um, well, he can't you know, wholesale replace the team um, because of financial constraints of it, but how does he galvanise the team who have been performing consistently so, so poorly? Um, he needs some refreshing loans. He needs more experienced heads. I know Bristol City fans will be, you know, sceptical of that line because the experience, the quote-unquote experience heads that they have brought in, Henry Lansbury, etc., haven't worked at all. Ashley Williams hasn't worked. Um, but, you know, ones that Pearson can trust at least. I wouldn't be... Danny Simpson, you know, was another one who was, you know, part of Leicester's uh, her team under Pearson, you know. that. Um, but, you know, maybe more players like that without the added ageing baggage... And then, yeah, some exciting loans to bolster the squad and, you know, dependable, creative players. Hope for fewer injuries next season. Um, and, yeah, just as, as, as many new additions he can get and as many new options he can get. Um, and to be honest, I think uh, character is going to be more of a priority for him when recruiting than actual ability. Yeah, well, I think... He, he's, I think that always has been for him, but um, I think it'll be it's been exacerbated by the way um, these Bristol players have played. Um, Huddersfield Town, um, of course, you were mortified by the sacking of the Cowleys um, yeah. back, um, back over the summer, <laughs> yeah, and um, Corboran has just about done it. Yeah, he has. Um, they had a patch in like November, January when they looked pretty decent and that their home form would see them into a mid-table finish. That's fallen off a cliff in the second half of the season. Huddersfield have, you know, regressed to what we expected of them. Yes, OK, they'll bring in more additions, but, I mean, I can't really see why the results end at least will change so much next season. I think another relegation battle awaits them. Um, I don't see many of their young players, you know, improving a lot individually over the course of next season. Um They've had a lot of their wins. Well, their very few wins that have come over the last few months have both have been, you know, quite unquite lucky. Um, it's rare that they outplay sides. Um, there's just really, really few positives. And if you're looking for, you know, sides to put in your bottom three prediction next season, I think Huddersfield would be probably would probably be there. Indeed. Um, I mean, in terms of their recruitment. It's been, um, they've got Fraser Campbell playing up front, obviously. Yeah, um, Peeper's been a really good addition at right wing back. Uh, I'll give him that. He's been one of the standout right backs in the league, really, this season. 
Um, but yeah, it's such a messy squad at the minute. Um, without a clear transfer strategy, um, you know, some of these young players coming through, you know, as, as dependable of the job they've done, you don't really see any long-term progress with them. Uh, for example, with Rowe at left wing back. Um, and, and yeah, that, that's the thing. I think, I think, you know, getting rid of the messiness in the squad will be a key. And I mean, to be honest, you know, for that, you, you, you kind of need to give Corbran more reign um, in dealings. Hopefully you can, you know, get, if, I mean, you know, it's likely that he'll have some Spanish pals he can call upon or maybe a few, you know, uh, lead youngsters and ask Bielsa to do him a favour. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, no, you, you, you do fear for them next season because you can't see any consistent, uh, a consistent run of form coming from. And um, we move on to um, Derby, Alf. Um, <laughs> where do you <laughs> begin? Because uh, you've strongly stated that they are one of the worst sides to stay up. They are. Um, I, I, in fact, I'm trying to cast my mind back to the worst team that stayed up. And um, I'm, I'm failing at the minute. Maybe Bolton on the final day in 17-18 when Aaron Wilberham scored two. Uh, but I mean, even then, they, they, had quite, they had some really good individual performances last season. Derby have been shit since February. Like, unbelievably bad. Um it's difficult to know whether Wayne Rooney is a good manager or not, whether he'll stay on for next season, who Derby will actually manage to keep next season, whether their takeover goes through and they can actually do a massive squad overhaul and sign some big-name players, whether their youngsters who look so promising in 2019-20, whether that was a flash in the pan or whether they can rediscover that good form. Um, yeah, there, there are so many moving parts at the minute, not least that you know they might still go down. Um, we'll obviously keep an eye on that situation. What, obviously, VFL have won their appeal against Derby at the minute, and so sanctions will come in. Reports are that it is unlikely that any sanctions imposed will be imposed for the 2019-20 season, uh, for the, excuse me, 2020-21 season, and that they will be imposed at the start of the 21-22 season. Um, to be honest, I think that'll probably be a 12-point deduction for Derby, if that is the case. Um, and, and, and so, yeah, which would be just ridiculous and so cruel on Wickham. Um, and so, yeah, it's, um, just, you can't even say the season has been a write-off for Derby because there are so many, you know, ticking time bomb issues at the club at the minute, especially if a takeover doesn't go through because, I mean, that's been a thing that, you know, it's been rumbling on for about two months now and it still hasn't gone through. Not least, if the takeover does through, does go through, excuse me, their takeover, <laughs> the, 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 the bloke doing the takeover looks like an absolute fucking nutter. Yeah, <laughs> um, Eric Alonso is, um, um, well, yeah, um, and uh, it's something to do with their stadium, of course, um, some dodgy business about him refinancing it or, or some, some other crap. Um, yeah, it's Derby have been a financially precarious club for a long time now. Um, in their practices, of course, not least going back to Mel Morris buying their own stadium. Well, you know the owner. Um, they're not them not owning their own stadium essentially, but um, yeah, with recruitment, with management, it's been it's been poor. We didn't expect this from Derby, but it is where we are. Thank um, you. Moving on to the bottom three, um, Wickham, of course, not finishing bottom, which is a tremendous achievement. Yeah, I called them in 22nd, and 22nd they will finish, or at least uh, that looks lovely. 
Um, they they don't they they won't get that second crack at the championship which they deserve. Um, I'm so glad they didn't finish bottom because no way have they been the worst team in the championship this season. No way. Um, they've had loads of refereeing calls go against them. Um, so many late defeats, which yes, you can argue is only their fault, but so it's so cruel. And you know they've just missed that extra little bit at times this season. They've finally kicked on in these last few weeks with their fuck it attitude, and it, it's gone well for them. Um, their performance levels have improved immeasurably since their League One campaign. Um, they've come on absolute leaps and bounds this season. Maybe that's because of the style of season has been a suit of their style of play. It'll be interesting to see whether they can extrapolate that at League One next season. But I mean, yeah, they're, they're even obviously keeping Ainsworth is the key. But to be honest, even without Ainsworth, you know, I, I would expect them to mount a playoff challenge at least in League One next season. If they do manage to keep Ainsworth, I mean, they're in the promotion contenders for League One next season. Um, they've proven it's no flash in the pan. What they've done, well, at least maybe their League One campaign was, but this season, as I say, they've improved on absolute leaps and bounds. And um, if, you know, the Derby sanctions kick in this season and they do stick up, uh, stay up, you know, that just proves the fact, you know, that's why teams should fight until the end and never give in. Um, because, you know, that's where the results can take you. Um, yeah, they've been absolutely outstanding this season. Um, I, th I think they deserve to stay up. Um, but unfortunately, they've, they've fallen short by a point, which is very, very cruel indeed, I think. Yeah, indeed. Um, one of the most valiant seasons we've seen from a side who've gone down. Um, quick word on Rotherham, who had to, had to, to be clear, just haven't taken their chances. They had a great yeah. opportunity with so many games they had to stay it's, up. It's difficult it's because, again, it's another one. Um, I think there's a stat that they've missed something like 12 big chances in their final four games. Yeah. They had so many chances to go 2 0 up at the weekend away at Cardiff. Um, Paul Warren tearful in his pre post-match press conference. Um, you know, it's it's like he'll still be there next season, but you know, it's difficult to have too much. Because reacting to Derby staying up was quite um quite funny. Yeah, um, it's well, rightfully so, but it, it's it's so frustrating because yes, okay, you know, Bournemouth have uh, uh, excuse me, Rotherham have had the chances to stay up this season for so many dominant performances in these final few games, even when tiredness has kicked in, or at least extreme tiredness has kicked in, I should say. But it, it is their fault that they've gone down. Um, obviously, the COVID bad luck is one thing, but, you know, um, they, they're they the ones missing the, missing the clear-cut chances. Um, and, you know, taking chances as part of football. And, you know, it's, it's frustrating because it's an aspect where they haven't learned from their 18-19 season in the Championship because that was a similar issue. Um, so, yeah, look, if they keep Paul Waller, it's going to be very likely that they'll be in the promotion race in League One next season. If they do manage to go up, um, you know, hopefully the world won't give us another COVID come 2022-2023 or whatever that will be, and it'll be another normal season. It'll be a normal season, excuse me. And, you know, that may play into their hands this time, but, yeah, no, it's it's been... Yeah, it's been killer for them, and you know they 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 didn't take their chances when it came their way. Indeed, um, this is true. Um, I, re I mean, their their own fans were optimistic, so it's very disappointing to see them be let down the way they have. Um, moving on to Sheffield Wednesday. Um, well, I mean, 
Where do we begin, Alf? I think you're, you're the one. <laughs> um, they finally got their comeuppance. I think that's where we first begin. Um, they've deserved to go down for a long time now. Um, I think many Sheffield Wednesday fans will be glad that's finally happened. Um, even if it, even, you know, oh, I mean, you know, it may not even drive Chancery out of the club. Um, they've got a good long-term manager now and Darren Moore. Again, bad luck with them that, you know, he, he, he was struck with both COVID and pneumonia, which, you know, put him out of the touchline for a while. Um, and, you know, that, that that's kind of done him in the key run-in. They obviously had, you know, one or two performances under Zaramore, which were really promising, not least the 5 0 win over Cardiff at home with four or five games left, I believe it was. Excuse me. Um, so maybe there is a platform for a promotion pushing League One next season. Obviously, they should be without any points deductions this time. Um, so, so that's another benefit. But yeah, no, this has been coming for a long time. And. Uh, yeah, look, uh, even without that points deduction, they'd sort of only finished, you know, three points away from safety. So it, it's they've been relegation fodder all season and deserve to go down. And I just hope that um, off the pitch and a few issues manage to resolve themselves quite quickly. Uh, moving on to um, League One, um, you know, we're, 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 we'll pair teams that will go the same way. Um, Hull and Peterborough, of course. Hull have been the most consistent team um and well deserving of um you know all of their um success because they've consistently been in the top three um yeah yeah and it's it's you know deserved uh for what happened to them last season as well um you know i, I think their chairman overdid it to be honest but at the same time they did get shafted by the ppg um, and how the table was formulated at the end of last season, especially given that, to be honest, I thought they were the best, um, apart from commentary, the best side in, well, Wolverham had patches where they looked like the best side in the league, but over the course of the 36 or 7 games, or however many games actually got to be played, they were in the top two sides of the league. They deserve it this season, you know, and uh, the addition of Johnson Clark Harris has been exceptional, and, you know, replaced Ivan Tony, you know, without without much fuss at all. And, you know, he's he's slot in there like, you know, he he's he's been playing with Schmodics, um, Dembele, Isa for ages. Um and, you know, that keeping that core, that creative core and, you know, them having the same output as, you know, done the business for them over forty six games uh, this season and deservedly so. As for Hull, um, I eat my words uh, on them. Um they probably deserve to win the league this season. Um, and they've definitely been the most consistent side of the league. Players like George Honeyman, Josh McGuinness have really stepped up in, in League One this season. You know, they have, they've had that, you know, um, a fresh young impetus, you know, surrounding that, you know, Callum Elder, you know, deservedly got in the League One team of the season and at left back, you know, Wilkes and Lewis Potter, you know, on the wings, you know, two really exciting youngsters who might not be at home next season, you know, um, if they can cash in on them. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Doherty is, is sort of him really well in midfield um, as well to complement that. Um, and uh, yeah, no, they've, they've just been very, very solid and consistent over the course of the season. Um Grant McCann has, you know, he said at the end of last season after Hull, you know, have that abject relegation. You know, I'm from Sandy Road, Belfast, I don't hide. He hasn't hit at all. Um, and I respect him so much for what he's managed to do with this whole side and how, you know, ruthlessly and quickly he managed to overturn the mentality 
of the squad and you know get the players to stick by him um and i think he deserves uh, this promotion the most um especially given that he came so close to getting promoted with doncaster in 1819 and missed out in that playoff semi on penalties to charlton uh, so yeah, as I say, I think Grant McCann really deserves it this season. Deserves that league title. Yeah, two great seasons, of course, and um, Peterborough and Hull have consistently been up there and truly deserve it. Um, Blackpool, of course, storming out of nowhere to finish third with great end of season form. Yeah, um, they um, obviously had uh, that that load of game in hands in for ages. Um, and you know they took advantage of it, um, which which is the key. And you know they've ended the season, you know, uh, in an absolute storm. You know Yates and Kai Kai have been in electric form recently, and you know it's going to serve them well for the playoffs. Critchley hasn't been afraid to tinker with the formation nor tinker with personnel. Some that's been forced upon. You still managed to you know uh, get the best offensive record in the league out of them. Um, yes, uh, I mean if we can tie in yellows now. Sneaking into the playoffs on the final day. Um, unbelievable scenes. Uh, you know, we've scored 27 goals in our last 10 games. Um, we're in electric form going forward at the minute. You know, that late season run has really, you know, done it for us. And that's why, again, you, you never give up. You you never say die until the mathematicians say so. Um, or even then you keep on fighting. Um, yes, we're in that electric form. You know, one could argue that that momentum could take us there. But... Um, we still have a poor record against top six sides this season and we're up against the meanest defence in the league in Blackpool. Um, so it's not, it's really not the ideal playoff opponent for the semi-final. Um, and, you know, logic says Blackpool will edge that, um, even though, you know, I'm, I, I'm perhaps a little bit blinded by my, my, my pro-yellow sentiment. Um, and then as for the other playoff semi-final in Lincoln Sunderland, I think that first leg at Central Bank um, suits both of them, really. Um, Sunderland, yes, Lee Johnson will, you know, regret that, you know, they were in that automatic race for a little while, but at the same time, you know, I don't think their performances changed so much when they have that period of, um, uh, six games or out of win, I believe it was. Um, so, you know, that won't, that won't worry them too much. You know, they, they've, they've got back to that mean level. Um, and Lincoln have, I mean, you know, Michael Appleton's done an outstanding job. I had them in the top half positive finish, but wasn't expecting them to kick on until next season. Um, they've kicked on earlier than expected. Yes, they've been bolstered by a few loans in Morgan Rogers and Brendan Johnson, who have both been ridiculously good this season. Um, but, you know, the players on their books have, you know, um, the, the core of their squad has been outstanding this season. Eden at left back has been really, really consistent. Uh, Grant deservedly in the team this season. Um, Lewis Monts has been a re- really good addition uh, at centre half. Callum Morton, obviously on loan in Northampton last season, has you know stepped up to the plate well in League One this season. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a semi final which is really too close to call, and especially interesting given that Appleton and Johnson have both been managers who have been in the EFL for a long time. It's you know since like 2014, 2015 have been managing around, um, and yet obviously this is both if this is um, both their first playoff campaigns. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how how they manage under that particular type uh, of pressure. Yeah, um, of course, um, Lee Johnson uh, is no stranger to pressure, of course, but you know, w- w- will he thrive under it in, in this case? And especially um, with a team like Sunderland, the expectation is always there to um, get up ASAP. Um, 
So yeah, the biggest Tyrese managing a big challenge for him. Um, with um, so moving on to Lincoln City, of course, we've discussed what we think will happen or what what you know the playoffs will be like themselves. But in terms of their overall season, Lincoln City and Oxford out. Yeah, um, uh, well, I touched on Lincoln earlier, but uh, as for Yellows, um, if we do miss out on promotion this season, if we lose in the semi, the lesson is start quickly because that is what has cost us uh, this season. Um, there's the argument, you know, that our patches of good form and patches of bad form, you know, even us out to an average size. But at the end of the day, like when you see how well you can perform, you know, you know we can do that for prolonged periods of the season or more prolonged periods of the season. So that's going to be the key whether we get promoted next season in the 21-22 season. As always, first step, stay up. That is always the first step. But, you know, in that way, in or to that end, I should say, get started early. Um, get those wins on the board early because we lost seven of our opening nine games this season, which, you know, has, has, has you know, really... Um, which you know nearly did for us, um, and and so yeah, that's that's going to be the key next season as well as you know finalising those additions in the squad where need be. Um, if we don't get promoted, it's likely that Josh Ruffles won't sign a new contract, so we're going to need to get a new left back in. Um, obviously, we sell a few players each summer. I'm not sure whether that'll be Brannigan or Sykes, um, uh, but it might be then, and then we'll need to replace them. Rob Atkinson, it could be as well. Who I mean, his ceiling is ridiculously high. Um, but, you know, some of our, you know, I really want to see us get Elliot Lee in permanently, maybe even Brandon Barker, depending on how severe his injury is. Um, so overall, I mean, yeah, it's been a, it's been a, from whatever happens now, it's been a successful season, undoubtedly, because we finished in the playoffs, um, which I wouldn't have expected at the start of the season, to be honest. I expected a mid-table finish, I just an eighth. Um, and, and so, yeah, uh, um, yeah, it will be really interesting to see yeah, what we do in the summer, regardless whether we get promoted or not. Well, I mean, yeah, there should be an incentive to spend because, yeah, either you get promoted or not, there's, there's clearly a foundation for a good season next season. Um, finally, the three rather big teams we missed out Charlton, Portsmouth, and Ipswich. Um, Charlton, of course, wildly inconsistent, um, very poor home form, and um, yeah, I guess, um, yeah, no, Aki, um, thank you for uh, putting out that stat that, um, Charlton they, they, have won more home games have won as many home games this season in their quote unquote promotion push as they did in last season's relegation eight. Which illustrates their problem and um yeah. with dominating games and being too easy to outlast at home. Yeah, um and that that thing right there, too easy to outlast, like you know, even under Atkins, you know, they've missed out on promotion by the bare margins by two or three points. You know, those games that they quote unquote threw away under Atkins. Has, has eventually done for him. Yes, you know, you can't really look at that because it's a 46-game season and there are infinite examples of that. But um, at the same time, that will nag at the back of their minds. Um, look, they've got they've got a manager who's, you know, been and done it countless times and Nigel Atkins, you know, obviously that Sheffield United spell aside. Um, and, and so that, it, yeah, they're, they're going to be amongst the promotion contenders next season. Whether, you know, it depends on how much spending that Sangar backs him with as well. That's another key point. Um, but yeah, no. It, I think I think the key conclusion from them this season is that you know the Boya divorce was a happy divorce and a divorce which benefited all parties. Um, and yeah, they've got they've got a good squad. They've got a good um, 
yeah, squad foundation there for next season. Um, and, you know, their recruitment under Sangard thus far, perhaps with the exception of Ronnie Schwartz, has been promising. Um, Jaden Stockley especially. Um, and, you know, Miller was obviously a really class addition on loan. You know, they'll be looking to get him in again next season. Uh, but, yeah, no, they're, they're going to be in that, in that promotion contenders next season, I'm sure. Indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, I, I do think so. Of course, they'll be spending money in the summer and uh, hopefully get that... They get to extend Jaden Stockley's uh, loan, amongst other things, who, who I think has been one of the best. And with Chuck Sonike, of course, showing finding his level, um, to who go into next season with confidence. Um, Portsmouth um, missing out when they really shouldn't have done. Yeah, um, th- this is the biggest one, Aki. I, 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 you know, I. I, I I think this has been the biggest underperformance in League One this season. Um, I think, obviously, the Cowleys have come in permanently. I still think that's a good decision. But at the same time, I do think the current discourse has been a bit too kind on the Cowleys. Um, they're practical managers. They play to a squad strengths. And when you've got one of the best squads on the league on paper, you expect them to pick up more than half of the points available uh, in their final uh, eight or nine games. Um. Yeah, they they look. They should have sat Kenny Jacket earlier. Okay. Um, that that I think that is the big regret. Um, but at the same time, um, you know they do only have themselves to blame uh, in it, especially regarding the end of the season. Um, they yeah they just um absolutely uh, weren't good enough when it mattered. Um, I'm sure you know much like Pearson at Bristol City, the Cowleys will be in control of a massive overhaul. Um, and you know they'll they'll bolster the squad with their kind of additions. Um, you know that uh, I'd be shocked if they aren't in the playoffs at least uh, at the end of next season. But yeah, it's a crucial summer ahead for them, as it is for Ipswich as well. Um, you know Paul Cook obviously wants he's he's been very vocal about how he wants a massive overhaul of the squad, which seems to be a consistent trend. You know the practicalities of that are, are a difficulty. Um, but 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 yeah, um, I. Paul Cook obviously is another manager who's you know got a pretty faultless record in League One to be honest, and yeah, I'd be shocked if Ipswich, despite the malaise surrounding the club at the minute, or you know the, the malaise that has been at the club over the last few years, I should say, um, well, continues in the next. I year. think they're off the pitch issues have been sorted. I think it's mainly on yeah. the pitch, and I think there needs to be a big overhaul there, which I really do hope the new owners could carry out. Um, we're going to be slightly more selective here in League One, of course. Um, Accrington Stanley, Alf, what a what a yeah. Uh, at the um, end, it evened itself out, but wow. Yeah, since, since since there hasn't really been a standout team in League One this season, I, I I think I think you know, Aki, would you agree that Coleman deserves Manager of the Year for League One? I well, I would say he does. Maybe if he got to the playoffs or something, and yeah. they'd, they'd realize their potential. They have so many games in hand, but it's evened itself out, Alf. I think bang yeah. on the table finishes. Is what they deserve, obviously, based on their form, and um, th- th- I think they've affected other other teams' seasons more than more than their own in certain certain ways with their results. Yeah, no, I think th- I think that's definitely a, f- a fair assessment. But you know, uh, he he's he's done so well with such a limited squad, and you know, yeah, the fact that Dion Charles is now being linked with you know countless clubs in the championship speaks volumes of it. Um, and uh, yeah, another. I, I think the other, you know, mid-table or the side who have ended up in mid-table in League One who are the most interesting to discuss are MK Dons. Yeah. 
Um, they've developed so much over the course of this season. I'd be shocked if they're not in the playoffs next season. Um, they obviously need to overhaul a few key areas of the squad. Both of their goalkeepers look like they're leaving. Yes, Will Grigg has been in excellent form since he's come in, but you know Cameron Drone, the other option, looks to be on his way out as well. They're probably not going to be able to get Ethan Laird on loan again next season. Um, uh, you know, um, uh, Josh McEachran looks like he might be on his way out as well. Um, will they be able to get Matt O'Reilly on loan again from Fulham? That's another question, because obviously Fulham are going to be in the Championship next season and will need that depth. Um, but to be honest, I back Russell Martin's recruitment um, or his ability to recruit. And, and yeah, like one thing is certain, they'll continue to play um, uh, that way going into next season. And, you know, the more they're playing that way, the more comfortable they'll be in it and the more successful they'll be in it. And, you know, um, ultimately, they've only been about three wins short of a playoff spot this season. And, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're surely going to, you know, turn three of those, you know, undeserved defeats that they have each season into wins come next season. Indeed. Um, Doncaster, um, who tailed off massively. Yeah, um, that's another one of probably the averages even themselves out in terms of their squad quality. Obviously, the impact that Darren Moore, Moore had on the squad had, you know, gone, essentially. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, the, it looks like they're going to lose, lose key players in Reese James. Uh, Ellery Balcom's obviously gone back to Brentford, even though he was benched for the final few games of the season. Um, James Coppinger's obviously retired. Okana Bire might be going as well. Um, so, yeah, there's a few questions on that for them as well. Um, and if they don't, you know, replace them correctly or, you know, replace their ma manager correctly either, um, it, it could be a, a battle at the other end of the table for the majority of them next yeah. season. Wow. Um, so that's Doncaster. It's very interesting analysis. Um, it's interesting it's, because they were, of course, a perennial playoff contender. And, of course, they spent time in the championship. So it's a well, significant fall from grace from them. Well, under more... Um, you know, up until I'd say about mid-February, they were probably the best side in the league, really. Um, you know, they were the side who put an end to Oxford's, you know, mental winning run that we had. And, um, you know, uh, they, they were a very mean side under Darren Moore. Um, but, you know, I in my pre-season predictions, I had Doncaster around 14th, I think. Um, so, yeah, as I say, it's the averages evening themselves out, really, over the course of the season, but just... That's not obviously the common narrative because of the two extremes of their season. Indeed. Um, moving on, um, Burton Albion, uh, so the way they clawed their way back up to 16th from the bottom. Yeah. Uh, amazing. They're the, they're the story of the bottom of the league. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's just difficult to know whether they'll be able to maintain that into next season. Um, you know, what additions Mamria and Hasselbank will want to bring in. Um, but no, they've been absolutely outstanding. And I mean, maybe that's, you know, maybe you could give manager of the year to Jimmy Ford Hasselbank in that respect, because um, Burton really, really did look doomed. Um, you know, some of the um, some of the products he's got out of some of the individuals in their squad. So, for example, with Sean Clare, who looked like, who looked dusted at Oxford for the first half of this season, um, has, you know, absolutely excelled. They're in a you know a, a free roaming centre field role there this season. Obviously, it looks like they'll get him permanently because Sam Long's just been given the number two jersey at Oxford, and so that's the that Claire is on his way out. 
Um, and and yeah, as I say, re- recruitment's going to be the key for them next season, whether they can push on. Yeah, um, yeah, indeed. Um, hopefully, and I hope they have the money to spend to do that. Um, moving on, um, AFC Wimbledon and Wigan also um, clawing their way out. Yeah, um, they're two clubs which you know they they can you know look forward with positivity. Um, Wigan, you know, they got that mini run of wins when it mattered. Um, and now they've got, you know, the takeover and, you know, still, I, th- I think, a fairly decent squad there. And, you know, uh, some really some really talented young players at Matt Scott as well to kick on next season. Um, Wimbledon, similarly, Robinson's been outstanding since he's coming of Wimbledon Gaffer. And yes, OK, Wimbledon seem to have hit their ceiling in League One in the last few seasons. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, they've just moved into Plough Lane. There's a lot of positivity surrounding the club over there. Um, their end of season form was, you know, particularly impressive and, you know, deservedly beating Oxford at home, for example. Um, and, and yeah, you know, they should be able to at least stay out of a relegation battle next season if they manage to keep that late season form. Um, and, you know, hang on to those key players like um, Woodyard, uh, Sanovin Goal, who's, you know, particularly been outstanding for the final few games. Um, indeed. Um and moving on to the relegated teams, um, North. Um, quick word on Northampton, of course. Um, people have attributed their relegation to a poor recruitment in the summer, um, but the the main reason for that is it was a very short turnaround, and um, the one step Northampton immediately took off the bat is they um, um, rejigged their um, recruitment team, hiring a new head of recruitment. And I do think that they'll be a force to reckon with in League Two next season with the right recruitment and money being spent. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, keeping Brady will be key because he's been brilliant since he's come in as manager. And, you know, he nearly kept a league uh, mid-table League Two squad up, essentially. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, positive to them. And then, you know, another side where um, that looks, you know, uh, likely with is, uh, is Rochdale, who, you know, really kicked on in those final few games when it mattered. Yes, obviously, they have a lot of questions over the defence and, you know, whether they'll be able to keep hold of um, uh, key players such as Kiehen and Rathbun. Um, but at the same time, if they play, if Rochelle, yeah, if Brian Barry Murphy manages to channel those final few games out of them again next season, yeah, they're going to be a promotion contender. Unlike, you know, whereas, you know, Swindon and Bristol Rovers, I mean, it, everything's looking abject at the minute for them. Um, uh, so, yeah, you would worry about, you know, where they'd end up in League Two next season. Yeah, um, Swindon, of course. Uh, yeah, the less so about them, the better be wealth, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, um, yeah um, Bristol of course being abject, and yeah, we'll see what happens in League Two. So that's a pretty uh, comprehensive roundup of uh, League One. Um, moving on to um, League Two, um, you're the expert on this one, Al. So um, you yeah, want to round up as best you can. Yes, um, Cheltenham deserve league winners. Um, one of the only sides who have deserved to have, I, I think the only side, quite unquite, to have deserved to have gone up in League Two um, uh, this season. Um, I think mainly that's coming from just rewards for last season, where they were the best side in the playoffs. And, you know, if it weren't for a freak, freakishly good Northampton performance in the second leg, they'd have gone up. They might have even gone up automatically and caught up with crew, you never know. Um, yeah, deservedly league winners. Um, I'd, I've, I'd have expected them to. Um, develop a bit more from open play this season. But I mean, you know, what works, works. 
um, and it's worked for them. And you know that season, this season, it's been effective. Cambridge, um, yeah, um, they, they've you know proved everyone wrong this season. It's such a lovely story, you know, with Mark Bonner, you know, a, a boyhood season ticket holder, and you know, come out of nowhere really to to manage them in his first season ever as a manager. He's managed to take them up um, with a pretty you know average League Two squad without you know the, the Mercurial Wes Houlihan and you know Paul Mullen up front, who's you know hit a ridiculous amount of goals this season, keeping him crucial. But at the same time, you know. Um, they'd have to be among the relegation contenders looking forward toward next season. Um, Bolton, um, you know, they've only scored 49 goals. Uh, excuse me, 59 goals. But that's, you know, really not too many for a side under with 46 games and who have got promoted. But, you know, managing to see out 1-0 lead has been their biggest strength um, this season. And, you know, in those marginal games, it looked like that ability was tailing off come the end of the season. But, you know, they got over the line in the end and, you know, with, with the money behind them, you know, the the, club, uh, the squad size, the recruitment, the appeal of moving to Bolton, um, I'm sure they're going to have a much, much improved squad uh, going into next season. You know, that should bode them well for at least um, uh, 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 a finish away from the relegation scrap. Morecambe, you know, they've Derek Adams has done a ridiculously good job there. Um, they've punched above their weight so much. And, I mean, given the, you know, patchy form of the sides going into the playoffs, um, Tranmere most notably, who just sat Keith Hill, who they meet in the semi, you know, you'd have to fancy Morgan, to be honest. They look like they have the strongest mentality. Um, Newport Forest Green, who have kind of become, you know, old foes um, over recent uh, years. Um, you know, that's also going to be a really interesting semi-final tie. You'd have to edge for Newport, given that, you know, Michael Flynn, seemingly knows how to navigate cup ties and playoffs, uh, especially. Um, uh, but yeah, that'll be a very, very uh, tight game. I definitely uh, predict a, a Newport against Morecambe playoff final there. Um, uh, and I mean, yeah, it's going to be, it's difficult to know who'd have the edge in that game. Um, and then big disappointments um, for the three sides finish, finishing just out of the playoffs. Carlisle obviously top for so long. Um, another one of those sides who, you know, didn't take advantage of their games in hand and, like yes, it is unfortunate, but ultimately they only really have themselves to blame for that. Exeter hit form too late, um, you know, uh, which which is a dif- uh, which was you know particularly disappointing for them. Even you know they dotted their season with some you know very impressive results. You know, when at Cambridge being one of them, and Salford. I mean, they're the biggest underperformers uh, this season. They completely lost their nerve um, away at Colchester when it looked like they were finally finally going to push into the playoffs. Yes, again. It's, it's, it's very likely that, you know, they'll finish in the top half or at least, you know, in the playoffs next season, given their squad quality. But, you know, their managerial situation is such a shambles at the minute. You can't really be too concrete concrete um, with anything. Looking ahead to next season, you know, we've got strong finishes with Port Vale on Zao Clark. Um, Stevenage have had a strong finish and, you know, Mansfield have showed glimpses of it under Nigel Clough. Um, and obviously we know the financial backing that Mansfield have, so you'd have to have an eye on them into the playoffs finish next season. Um, and yeah, you know, it's a similar story when you have, because it's just the nature of League 2 that, you know, we have abject teams staying up. You know, this season it's been Walsall, Colchester and Scunthorpe. Scunthorpe towards the end of the season have been dire and, you know, you're worried for them going into next season. Um, but over the course of the season, you probably would say that Southend go, deserve to go down, even though, you know, we've seen patches of, we saw patches of, um, promise under Mark Molesley and then patches of promise under Phil Brown um, uh, but it is a difficulty to you know see to work out how they'll do in the National League next season um, keeping Phil Brown will obviously be a good start for them 
Um, and Grimsby, you know, in the pool, Hurst, they were drastically improved. Um, you know, maybe, you know, they, they deserve to stay up, although they did bottle it when it mattered. At the same time, you know, I think if you asked any Grimsby fans if they'd managed to, you know, get the takeover and go down, would you take that over staying up without a takeover? They'd have said yes to the former. Um, and the former is what they've got. And, you know, Paul Hurst is still their manager. Um, so you'd look uh, forward with positivity for them next season. And, uh, yeah, I mean, looking at the League 2 next season, we obviously don't know the two clubs coming up from the National League. But, I mean, I, I don't know if I speak for you, Aki, but I definitely would say that we hope uh, Notts County are one of them. Yeah, indeed. We really do. Um, so that's our roundup of the EFL. It's been one hell of a season. Um, as to what we're doing next, we'll keep you updated. We'll be um, doing some regular things during the Euros, I hope. And, and uh, we'll, we'll uh, yeah, because we'll, we're going to do our Euros preview, but we're also, it's going to be a pretty quick turnaround on that. Um, so we're going to have our playoffs review, obviously. Uh, all, yeah. all that's Championship, League One and League Two, semis and final, the one bumper episode. And then obviously we've got all our Euros uh, actions to come as well. Yeah, so no shortage of football for, you know, for, for you know, um, and then we'll um, carry on. So um, it's been a great season, um, great season in podcasting. Um, thank you very much, Alf. It's been a pleasure. And um, yeah, we'll see you all um, next week um, well, or whenever, hopefully. We'll keep you updated on that. Um, so thank you very much. And uh, thank you for listening. It's bye from me and Alf. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the playoffs.